We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. It's Friday, and you know what that means. Front Office Friday! Let's go. Front Office Friday here on the NBA Front Office Show. Going live a little bit later than usual, but nonetheless, we are kicking off the weekend with some NBA basketball talk. Welcome in. Those of you joining live over on the YouTube channel, if you haven't done so yet, hit that like button. Let's get this video out to as many people as we can. Podcast listeners, great way to help out the show. Just give us that five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts or give us that rating over on Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. I'm Trevor Lane. Joining me is Keith Smith. Keith, I'm I'm ready for a weekend, man. I'm ready for a weekend and, and ready for uh, even more NBA uh, in-season tournament action next week. Yeah, for sure. It's it's weird. The schedule's weird, right? Let's call it what it is starting yeah. this weekend. No no NBA games on Sunday. Uh, we've got the two tournament nights. It's only tournament games uh, on those two nights all the way through till the uh, next Saturday when the final is. That's the only game on that day. And then uh, we get into the um, – uh, we get into another Sunday with no games. Two Sundays in a row. Uh, with no NBA games. So that's a little, yeah, I don't love that part of it, but mm-hmm. you know, it's fine. They, they, they're they going to figure this stuff out. They're going to keep, you know, tweaking and adjusting all the scheduling and all that stuff. And the one uh, NC there, see, I keep calling it the NCAA tournament for some reason this week, they get into it and they're going to call it a, um, the, the in-season tournament. It's at 5 PM Eastern which is weird considering it's in Las Vegas. So my guess is they don't want to go against Thursday night football with the two games. Then you should have made it not on a Thursday. You should have done it on a different night, but whatever it is, what it is. And you know, I know we'll be watching anyway. That's really when it's really set for 5 PM Eastern. Yeah. 5 PM Eastern and 9 PM Eastern. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Nine or nine 30. Yeah. Yikes. It's two o'clock local time. Las Vegas. Right. <laughs> Holy moly. Yeah. Yep. I that's that's shy. I did not realize that. And that is a that's a major surprise. If you want people to watch it, why would you put it on so early? Okay. Well, it's gotta be they don't want to go against Thursday night football. That's the only thing I can imagine. Is yeah. they don't want two games, basically the end of the one and then the whole of the second game being swallowed up by uh Thursday night football, which I mean it's the reality is even the uh, in, NBA in season tournament, they're not going to meet the, uh, you know, they're, they're not going to beat the NFL ratings wise, but it is what it is. 
Interesting. That's an interesting choice to make to put it on. I mean, Pacific time, we're talking about the middle of the afternoon to put yeah. the game on then is better than going up against the NFL. I mean, how we know the NFL is strong, but my goodness, uh, like the NFL is, is Thanos with all six infinity stones at this point, <laughs> if, if that's the way the NBA is acting here. Um, interesting though, you know, let's, let's, let's jump into, I've just looking through some of the news stories here for the day and let's get to this. Uh, Zach Levine does not have a trade market. He says that's not because Chicago hasn't tried to find it and aren't currently trying to find it. They're looking for a market. They're not finding a market. That's the problem. He said it's because of his contract. Uh, It's also his productivity. Right now he's dealing with a foot injury. He's been in and out of the lineup and a lot of questions on does he impact winning or how much does he impact winning, especially at that salary? And is he... At, if you're going to really win with Zach Levine, you probably need him to be your third best player. Well, do you want to play pay your third best player 40 plus million and then more than that next year and then more than that the year after and year after that? That's that's a tough spot to be in. So that this could get tricky because I have a lot of Bulls fans saying, well, Zach Levine's really, really good and they're expecting a good return for him and and all this. But I think Woj has a point if you're if you're expecting Zach Levine to be a 1A or even 1B guy which is what he's paid as that's probably not realistic at this point yeah the challenge is too it's December 1st so we're still in a spot yes. where a lot of guys aren't tradable yet so trade markets are still very much developing and I'm not going to say there's no market for Zach Levine. I'm going to more, my guess is I'm going to take that as there is not a market the Bulls like uh, for, for Zach Levine right now, because I'm sure they've gotten crappy offers and I'm sure they're like, no, we'll hold out. But to the point is they're not, I've heard some people be, so I wrote for uh, spot track. I wrote a piece called breaking up the Bulls and I pitched Mm -hmm. them all fake trades in there for basically almost all the main guys on the roster. And in the Levine trade, I heard a couple people like, I don't know. That feels like a light return. You're not getting uh, four first rounders and swaps and young mm-hmm. talent and all that kind of return. It's just not going to happen. One teams aren't doing that unless the guy's a super duper star like Kevin Durant now. And beyond that, it's just going to be in a place where people are, you know, going to kind of, he's just not the guy to give that up for. So it's, you might get a pick or two in a young player and then matching salary in the form of filler. And that's what you get for him. So we'll, we'll, we'll kind of go from there. My guess is though, this one, we've been saying it over and over and over again. It's not going to be immediate, but this may drag out much longer than the bulls really wanted to. And on mm-hmm. top of that, he was ruled out earlier this morning for a week with a foot injury. So that's another thing that now teams are going to be like, what's going on with this foot injury? What's happening there? What does his knee look like? They're going to really want to get into the medicals before yeah. people commit, you know, four years and almost $180 million. Well, I think the other thing to keep in mind is, is and we are always, we're always preaching this. You have to think about where the information is coming from. Are the bulls mm-hmm. telling Woj that no, there's no market. Nobody's interested sure. in Zach Levine. No, of course not. This is other teams that are saying, man, we're not that interested in Zach Levine because it's December. Because guess what? You know what? When when teams, when we're fans are going berserk because such and such team wants multiple firsts for their their role player, the same is true in the inverse, where other teams are saying, hell no, we're not going to pay that. You'll be <laughs> lucky if we give you a second for this player, right? And then sometime around, you know, mid-January to the beginning of February, suddenly that becomes, all right, will you do it first? 
sure, we'll come up to a first. Okay, let's go. And you get something done. So I think that's, you mentioned the time of year. That is a big piece of this. It's the fact that right now everybody is going to be going to be digging in their heels and they're going to be trying to put out information that is going to favor them. And so I think that's a part of this. Do I believe that no team wants Zach Levine? No, I don't buy that. I do think the concerns are real and those are concerns the teams will have and those concerns will prevent them from saying, yeah, let's go all in. Let's go get this guy. But I would be surprised if Zach Levine is a Chicago Bull after February 8th. I'd be shocked. I'll be surprised if he's a at the beginning of February. I think this will get done. It may be in the January time frame when really everybody who can be traded gets traded, you know, or like anybody who would be traded, uh, you know, is eligible. So that's where it would probably come down to. So I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. It, maybe it takes all the way to the trade deadline, but I'm with you. I don't think he'll be on the bulls after the trade deadline for sure. Wouldn't it be fun if this year, cause we've, we've cautioned so much that December 15th is not like, the starting gun goes off and everybody is off to the races on the trade. Wouldn't it be fun if December 15th, like right as the window <laughs> opens for a trade, boom, we get a Zach Levine trade. Uh, it'd be amazing. I, I'm not, certainly not going to expect it, but I no. love it. Yeah, no, it would be, be like great. an early Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. It's, I mean, the earliest trade last year was Rui Hachimura. Like, yep. So that, you know, to give everybody a sense. And that, that was, was in January. January. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's pretty rare. Every once in a while, we get one in like late December. I think the Rondo trade was in like late December when he got sent to the uh, to the Cavs in that deal when they needed a point guard, and uh, that's how that went down. So the, you know, may, maybe then, but yeah, it's it, these things don't happen right away. All right, to those of you joining in the chat, uh, we will get to some of your questions and comments. Remember, the way you guarantee that your question or comment gets read is with a super chat, and that's for the for appropriate ones, of course. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we'll we'll be getting to these in just a moment. In fact, let's get to this here. KC Sports Authority threw out a hypothetical. What about a Zach Levine swap to the Mavs for Tim Hardaway and something? I don't think that really... If you're the Bulls and you're trading away Zach Levine, you're heading in a different direction. I don't think Tim Hardaway really fits. A, it doesn't make sense for the Mavs either. You already have Luke right. and Kyrie. Yep. You don't need Zach Levine. That's just another guy who needs the ball and is not a positive defender. So, no, I, I stay away. Uh, Keith, you want to do some real quick salary math here? Uh, Levine and Caruso, so that's $50 million roughly going out from the Bulls for D'Lo, Prince, and Austin Reeves, off the top of my head, that's not enough money, not enough money. on that side. Yeah. That's only, what, Delo's 17, Reeves is 11-ish, so that puts you at 28, and Prince is 4.5, so that's 32, 33 and a half. Yeah, yeah so that's that's well short of, uh, of a workable deal. Yeah, I want to be very clear that I'm saying this is strictly his salary. Torian Prince has little to no value in a yeah. trade salary matching-wise. Player wise, yes, there's some value there, but but salary matching wise, there's nothing there because it's only four and a half million. So that's that's not enough because the other thing you'd have to consider with this, even if the Lakers are currently today a um a a uh, they're not over the tax apron, you take mm -hmm. back that much money, they would be, and that changes the math. So this is just an important note with with everyone. It, it, it's about thirty three point eight million that the yeah. Lakers would be sending out there and taking back 50. It doesn't work. So it's important to know on this one that it is when you do a trade, um, 
it is always where you are after the trade that's that equals your salary matching so in this case the lakers would end up over the apron uh, which they also cannot do they're hard capped at the apron um but in a normal if they weren't hard capped if you go over the apron, you end up in a different salary matching tier because it's always post-trade is what they figure out you're matching on, not pre-trade. Mm-hmm. So just yeah, it's, that's a bit of a complicating factor. But in this case, they would end up over the apron and they wouldn't be allowed to do that anyway because they're hard-capped at the apron. All right. While we're on the uh, Levine topic here, uh, and we'll get to a super chat after this, Vangito said, should the Hornets stay away from Levine or beggars can't be choosers? I've seen this quite a bit. A lot of, well, no pun intended. I guess pun intended because now that I recognize it ahead of time, buzz about the Hornets and 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 Levine. And the thought being that, hey, maybe we should be the team to go after this guy. Keith, you and I talked about this yesterday with Indiana being a team that's not a free agent destination. So therefore, they, they make a little bit more sense to go trade, not necessarily for Zach Levine, but to try to make an upgrade on the trade market. Does the same hold true for Charlotte? And then is Levine the guy they should go after? Or should they even bother going after anybody this season? Is this another kind of lost season in the making for them? Yeah, I mean, Charlotte, they're in a spot where you saw how they got free agents. They overpaid Gordon Hayward. They paid him, you know, like 20 million more than anybody else was willing to give mm-hmm. him, uh, you know, that offseason. They overpaid Terry Rozier. Uh, when they got him as part of that kind of dual sign-in trade that sent Kemba Walker the other way. Uh, on occasion, not saying right now, but on occasion, they've had to overpay their own their own free agents just to keep them um, in Charlotte. So I, it's my challenge is if you're the Hornets, you're finally almost out from underneath the Hayward contract. It's got this year. It runs mm-hmm. out. He'd have to be in a deal. Uh, almost assuredly because almost nothing else makes sense uh, from a salary matching perspective. So then what you do is now we're kind of right back in the spot again. Is Levine going to lift you anywhere better? Whereas a team like Indiana, Indiana's already good-ish, right? They're they're okay. I'm not saying they're great. They're they're not title contenders, but they're a good team. They should probably be in the mix for a top six seed, but definitely a play-in team. Yeah. Levine could lift them, you know, could take them a little bit further. So that, that could be something there, you know, with, with them or with Charlotte, they've got so far to go. I'm just not sure Levine lifts them. So that's a very long way of saying I'd probably stay away if I was the Hornets. Yeah. Agreed. And that makes me wonder if the Hornets are not going to stay away because most of the time it seems like when I say, Oh, the Hornets shouldn't do that. They, they do that. I'll say this too with the Hornets. There is an expectation that they're going to clean house after this season. New ownership group. Sounds like Mitch Kupchak. I think what will happen is they'll let him retire uh, so he can save a little face first firing him. Um, But if he doesn't want to, sounds like he may get fired. And then Mm -hmm. Steve Clifford, he's a lame duck coach. He's playing out the string on his last year. And if we remember, they didn't even want to hire him in the first place. They tried to hire Kenny Atkinson. And then Kenny Atkinson had the job was basically done and changed his mind and didn't want to go. So at that point with the new ownership group, they're going to want their own people in charge. They're going to want to set things up their own way. So I don't know that ownership is going to sign off on, Hey, yeah, let's make a trade where we add, you know, 180 million to our cap sheet and to our, yeah. our, our books here. Let's uh, they, they may say, no, we need to stay away We're we're not, uh, we're not even going to approve a trade like this for Zach Levine. Yeah, he's not Ricardo Rincon to make the same joke as, <laughs> as yesterday. Uh, JJ Ramirez, Trey Young on the trade block. 
is Atlanta going to, or is Atlanta going to hold on to him? Uh, he said Lakers might be interested, but let's just take that the first part of that. Is Does Trey Young, this is kind of, we've heard rumbles for maybe a season and a half now that maybe Atlanta was going to move on from Trey Young at some point. I don't I, I always kind of felt like he's their guy, right? He's the guy that they want to build around. Do you really see them making that drastic of a move to to say, you know what, we're going to be a DeJounte Murray-led team now and let's move on from Trey Young? Yeah, I don't think so. I I don't think this year at the trade deadline, certainly. I think maybe that could be a – if things really don't go the way they want, maybe that's something they explore in the offseason. They're going to have to do something. They have on the books right now, next year, four guys who make north of $20 million. So it's DeAndre Hunter at 21.7, Clint Capella at 22.3, DeJounte Murray, that, that extension he signed, kicks in at 25.5. And then you have Trey Young at $43 million hmm. on his max deal. Expensive then, then you have Anyeka Kongu at 14 on his extension. Bogdan Bogdanovich at 17.3 on his extension. And that's without re-signing Sadiq Bay. And then you've got you know, a bunch of smaller salaries for guys, mostly guys they drafted. So this team is, they're right around the tax line. I don't know that the Hawks ownership group is going to say, yeah, let's go deep into the tax for this team that's 41 and 41 and in the play-in tournament. So something's going to break in Atlanta if they don't really improve. They're not a top six team. If they're not like 45 wins or more and make some noise in the postseason, not saying they have to win, but maybe they went around and they play a really close first round series against a good team and extend them kind of what they did a few years ago uh, to Philadelphia um, in the Bucks they can do that, then that starts to become, you start to change the the story a little bit. But other than that, mm-hmm. mm, probably probably nothing good going to come of it. And then at that point, you probably do start thinking, all right, is, do, do we need to think about trading Trey Young? Is that a way to recoup some of the draft assets we had given up uh, in a DeJounte Murray type trade and those sort of things? Because I've seen, it's funny, I, I, and I listened to a, a national podcast today where they were like, yeah, but Trey Young, isn't he just Zach Levine too? And it's like, no, he's way better than no. Zach Levine. Like, no, he, I mean, the, the just even if we just talk about the passing, yeah, the they're nowhere near the same way, level. The way he scores, the way he shoots, like everything. He's just a different player. Like, it, yeah, they're both uh, little to no defense guards that can fill up the scoring column. Wow. But Trey Young's a guy you could build an entire offense around and know you're going to have a top 10 offense with that. You you can't do that necessarily with Zach Levine. So very different trade value. And yes, they would get multiple uh, draft picks back and all sorts of stuff. So that, that's, you know, that that's going to, you know, few bridges too far. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, do you imagine Trey Young in the, in the dunk contest? I mean, right. Like Zach, they they play so different. That's that's funny that that comparison actually got made. Um, let me ask you this, Keith, because this has been a story that's been going around. You know, Lakers fans. LeBron, after last night's game, uh, he said that if Bronny makes his USC debut on a night when the Lakers are playing, he's going to miss the Lakers game and he's going to go to Bronny's USC game. Should should anybody be upset by that? Are are you upset by that at all? Is that do you think that's taking things too far, or do you think LeBron is is justified in saying that? Uh, yeah, I'm not upset by it in the slightest. I think he should. Uh, he there was a point where I am sure 
and, and I've not verified this with the LeBron, with LeBron James and the, the James family. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there was a point where they were like, is he going to live or is he going to die? Yeah. Right. Cause you hear cardiac arrest and more often than not, that goes a very tragic way. So I think if you're LeBron, it's not only did my kid live, but now he's going to play. Hell yeah. I'm going to be in the building. Yeah. Now I looked at the schedules for both. I think he's probably okay anyway, because it looks like they have a pretty good break here. They, they play tomorrow, um, but Bronny's not going to play in that game by all accounts. So his first time, chance to debut would be on the 10th. And we just said, there's no NBA games on the 10th. Right. It, even if the Lakers make it all the way to the in-season tournament final, they're only in Las Vegas. And then the game's at USC. So that's yeah, quick flight you know, back. Pop home. He goes to the game. Now all bases are covered. That's my guess is how this will probably line up. Uh, they'll get a week of practice in with Bronny, and then he'll make his debut uh, next week. Not this coming weekend, but the weekend after, and everything will be fine with it. But even if there was a conflict, go. Like, mm-hmm. they're going to spot him a rest game somewhere. So call it a rest night and let him go do what he wants to do, which is watch his kid play. Like, I, this, I, I couldn't have a less of a problem. Uh, with this like it's just you know it's no one single nba regular season game is going to be more important than him being in the stands to watch his kid play when at one point a hopeful outcome was maybe he just can't play basketball anymore he, right? he like, survives right yeah, that was survived. The, right. And now it's you know obviously way better than that so yeah, yeah. just do do your thing I'm with you 100%. Don't really have much to to add to what you were saying there because I agree with with everything that you said. Um, I have no issue with it whatsoever, and uh, and I don't think you really should have a problem. Yeah, we want to say, hey, you you want to win every game and you need to be there for your team and all that kind of stuff. But I'm in this space. I think any parent would want to be there for their kid in that in that situation and and be there for that night in that moment. So there's you know we talk about it every once in a while. It comes up. Some things are bigger than basketball, and I think this is uh, this is one of those things. That's yeah, well, I've seen. I've seen a little bit, and thankfully it's only a little bit. People are griping because Luka Doncic is going to miss tonight's game. He just had a kid, like, and I believe it's his first kid. So yeah, yeah miss the game. Like it's fine. Like this, you know, these things are not that that big. I mean, there was a point when you know we were on board, or like on like I was on like every time I left, like I was I'd go into work meetings, uh, obviously pre this, and I would mm-hmm. say. Hey, I might get a text from my wife that it's baby time. And if I do, I'm just packing up and leaving. Yeah. Right. Cause that's where we were. And like, you know, yeah, I get it. I wasn't a professional athlete, but yeah, I mean, these things are not that big of a deal. Derek White missed a game earlier this year because they had a baby. Like, that's, you know, like, you got to have a little bit of perspective with this stuff. You know, when my game seven uh, of the NBA finals, that might yeah. be a different story. <laughs> I could understand sure. why people would get very upset. A regular season game, whatever. Who cares? When my daughter was born, it was the uh, it was a few days before the first week of school, and I was a, and as a teacher, like that's you really don't want to miss the first week of school. Yep. But uh, but I did. And, you know, looking back, like I wish I'd taken more time. I took I yeah. took a week and I did everything I could to try to like stop by school and be involved and all that. Because I was worried, like, oh, hey, my classes are going to start with a sub for the first week. Like, there's going to be problems, and and you know, is are people going to look down on me for taking time off and all that kind of stuff. And you know what? Like that—that that time is worth more than than anything. It's worth more than than you know people being a little bit upset at work for a little bit. Which that's you know that's what we're talking about here with LeBron. Might might there be a few fans that are upset if LeBron's not there and the Lakers lose as a result or something? Sure, but this is a this is a bigger deal than um, than just one basketball game. Yep, agreed. 
All right. Oh, here's a good one. What songs <laughs> yeah. would you like to hear more or less in arenas? Uh, I don't. I'm gonna sound so old today. <laughs> um, I'm not big on a lot of this stuff. I don't. A lot of it, it's just background noise to me. Yeah. I don't hear most of it. Like during timeouts, I'm usually doing something else. I quite often when I'm in the arena because. To be fair, I'm I'm there on a credential, um, when mm-hmm. I'm there. So I I am I have my laptop. I usually have my headphones in, and I'm watching a second game on my laptop, um, so I can check in on that during timeouts. I don't hear a lot of that stuff, um, but yeah, it's it was very funny. I mean, I saw the Steve Kerr complaints about, you know, God, we've turned these games and it's like a rock concert out there or whatever, and it was so loud and all the complaints he had a couple weeks ago. It happened on the exact same day. Pop was like, don't boo Kawhi. And yeah, I don't know that stuff. It kind of, it literally goes, I guess, in one ear and out the other. I think it's, it's funny. Cause I do the same thing where I'm like, oh, does it need to be this loud and everything? And then when I took my daughter to that game, it was the music that kept her really engaged True. in the yeah. game and into it and everything. I'm like that, that to me went, okay, this is why, you know what I mean? Like, because you and I, we're going to we're going to focus on the basketball. We're going to focus on what's happening on the floor and that's going to be that's exciting. That's that is our wheelhouse. That's where we want to be. But that's not true of everybody. And the NBA as much as we use casual as a derogatory term, the NBA cares about casual fans. They care a lot. Yeah. And for them, the whole experience, it's not just what's happening on the floor, it's the music, it's the food, it's the atmosphere, it's everything that is going to make or break their their experience there. And so I don't have a problem necessarily with the music. As far as songs, I'd like to hear more or less. I think most people probably wouldn't agree with me because I go to more like the classic <laughs> rock stuff and everything that 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 I want to hear. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, most people probably wouldn't agree with my music choices, but I can't think of a specific song that I really am like, oh man, I wish they would stop playing this one or, or something like that. Maybe the na 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 na, hey hey hey, goodbye <laughs> song when a guy gets uh, gets kicked out of a game. Um, but I'll I'll say this: Can we do away with the kiss cam? No, Can we, no, I love you. The like kiss the kiss cam? cam? Yeah, kiss cam cracks me up. I okay. don't like how many times the kiss cam ends in something that's obviously staged. Like those ones, I don't like. Yes, they um, they I like at Orlando Magic games. They it's it's very clearly staged because it's if you look, there's like nobody ever really sitting around this person. Mm-hmm. But they do a thing where the they finish it with somebody in um the uh the other team's jersey, and then yeah. they play all by myself. <laughs> and that always gets a laugh out of me. They also do the oblivious cam before games when they're warming up and it's like people who are like looking down at their phone oh, and, and then they want a timer on it. And sometimes it's like five minutes before okay, somebody would be cool. like, Oh man, I'm on the thing. So yeah, that all that stuff I think is, you know, that stuff again, it's, if I notice it, I tend to enjoy it more than I don't, but I'm with you. Hey, if this is what fans want, they want to get all crazy and go nuts, go nuts. What one drives me like insane because mm-hmm. it's such a lie is the noise meter. Like, because oh, yeah. I've trust me, I've watched some April Orlando Magic games where it's like the media members may out, outnumber the fans in the arena yeah. as far as making noise, and <laughs> the thing still is like like popping the the meter, and it's like right. uh, there's like four dudes that are drunk and clapping. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? So that said, 
the magic crowds right now, man, they are fired up. It's been really fun uh, going there. They, they, they pull in a pretty, pretty good, good crowd. So I, you know, I have a good time you know, with, with that stuff, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm for the most part with, with all these, uh, Woj just tweeted, uh, Bogdan bug or see now I did it. Cause you, now did you yesterday. did it. Cause I did it yesterday. Yep. <laughs> Boyan Bogdanovich is probable to make his uh, season debut. Right. So, well, so we'll see, see if he coming. can help them snap what is now a 16-game losing mm-hmm. streak in Detroit. And I was listening to this uh, earlier today. Uh, another one of the podcasts was listening to Zach Lowe. And he mm-hmm. he didn't go like game by game, but he went through. They're, that If they don't pull out a surprise win, or he went over the Memphis Grizzlies, which is certainly possible. The Grizzlies aren't playing great. This could extend into the twenties for a losing streak for the Pistons. They they have not won in the month of November. Yeah, I know. Like did you the see entire what I tweeted the, last night. The entire month? No, I didn't. What'd you tweet? I tweeted a lot of teams go winless in months. It's just usually August and September. <laughs> oh no. Oh <laughs> yeah, I was poor, thinking of one there a little bit. Ouch. Ouch. Um, I, I think maybe as the chat is mentioned, I think maybe it's just the awkwardness of the kiss cam that I'd, yeah, I don't, oh, like, yeah. I don't it's, well, it's that's fully, what makes it funny. Right. See, I like I I almost feel bad for the people in that situation. Especially <laughs> I like when I, especially I think it's I think it's this. I think I saw one that was going around online where the guy went for it and the girl did not. Yeah, that's and I'm like, yeah. oh then you feel a little bad. That guy's just he, like he's ruined, right? Like that that's that's brutal. <laughs> I like the ones where they, they put him up there and they're like, No, we're brother and sister. Like oh yeah, yeah. you laugh. <laughs> there was one there's a classic one where the guy the guy has a sign ready or something like i maybe it was a plant or something like that but he holds up a sign and i'm pretty sure it said this is my sister or something yeah, like that something, yeah. it was pretty yeah. good <laughs> those things pretty are good. pretty fun but yeah yeah i um what's we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic 
Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Oh, that's not just someone saying, that's my mom. <laughs> the fake Trevor in the chat. <laughs> oh, uh, no. The Jaden Ivey, Monty Williams situation? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know that there's a situation necessarily, but there's definitely some stuff bubbling. Jake Fisher mentioned this. Zach Lowe mentioned mm-hmm. this. Jaden Ivey doesn't seem super happy that he's not playing a lot. I, I'm i with Jaden Ivey. I'm not super happy that Jaden Ivey's not playing a lot. They, they benched Asar Thompson last night. I don't. Mm-hmm. Don't fully didn't bench him, but they took him out of the starting group. I know he wasn't certainly wasn't the problem in that starting group. So I, I don't know. That's uh, very very messy. Like in Detroit, I it's I, I there's nothing there. Like they're not they're 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 not interesting. They're just they're they're just a mess. Like I couldn't be more out on the entire thing right now in Detroit unless they lean in and say, hey, we're gonna play all the kids and play super up tempo and try a bunch of different stuff. Then they get interesting to me, but what they're doing right now is just messy and gross. They're uh, they're not a fun watch. No, that's for sure. They're, they're not a fun watch. Uh, Brian wants to know what is Alex Caruso's trade value in terms of return. Well, it depends. Are you asking the Bulls? Or are you asking an opposing team? Because they probably have two very different answers right now, and those answers will probably get closer together as we get closer to uh, February eighth. But I don't know. Like, do you think he's worth it? Is it an unprotected first? Is that crazy for the Bulls to expect a return like that? Yeah, I. so the idea I pitched was a, a first and uh, uh, Dyson Daniels from mm-hmm. the uh, New Orleans Pelicans because I mm-hmm. think he'd be great with the Pelicans. I think he – imagine him and Herb Jones together. Like, good luck scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just think he'd be a really good fit for them. Um, and the, my thought process was you get an interesting young player. And I had the Pelicans trading one of the Milwaukee picks they own. So it's a it's a first, but it's probably it's not a great first. first. Yeah. So that's probably where it is. I think you either get a first and maybe like a second protected pick or a very late pick or a first and a young player. That feels about right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's got to be that... the right kind of team, right? Like if you're mm-hmm. Atlanta, I don't know that you do that because – is he going to boost you enough? Even though he probably would help their defense quite a bit, but is that enough of a boost? Probably not. If you're Charlotte, you certainly shouldn't be doing anything like that. If you're, uh, like I said, the Pelicans or any other number of good teams, you should definitely be involved. I'm trying to get Alex Caruso. Yeah, if you're if you're a quality team, he's a guy that can definitely help you out. Can help you win games. You saw what he did against the Bucks the other night. Um, yeah. He's a guy that can definitely help. So I, I think they will. I think there's going to be teams interested in him to the point where there'll be a little bit of a bidding war. So maybe he'll get uh, a decent return. But I'm not expecting like multiple firsts or anything like that. Right now, though, every team that's looking to potentially sell a player is saying first round picks or yeah. first round pick at, at least, right? And then opposing teams are going, oh, we wouldn't pay that much. And then you know it'll get closer as we yeah, everything comes as we get yeah, there. Yeah, like we always say, I we need two firsts. And other teams like, how about a second and an expiring contract? And then we get in the middle and it's like an expiring contract and a first grade. We're done and off we go. Yep. Yep. That's exactly the way the way this goes down. Uh, what do you think about our, our, our pal Jake Fisher with his report that Miles Bridges 
is uh, potentially leaving Charlotte. Uh, this will be his final season in Charlotte, and then he'll move on. Uh, thoughts on that whole situation? Yeah, as far as I understand, uh, contract negotiations did not get very far uh, between Bridges and the Hornets this summer. Uh, he was obviously last summer, summer of 2022. Uh, they never got anywhere because everything with him, the initial domestic violence situation happened right on the uh, um, start of the um, uh, off season, like, like mm -hmm. literally like free agency Eve it was, I think, or maybe yeah. the day before. Uh, but it was right there. So nothing happened that one. This year, again, Hornets, again, made him a restricted free agent. And when they got into that spot, it really was a place where for the two guys, it was, or for the two sides, I don't think the Hornets wanted to give him a long-term deal and hand him all kinds of money, knowing what it was. And I think Bridges was like, fine, I'll sign the qualifying offer, play out the year, and off I'll go. Yo, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll figure this out. So this has always screamed to me. This is a short-term relationship. Um, he has the right to block any trade uh, if he get, if if they try to trade him anywhere. But I think there's a chance we could see him get traded versus just watching him walk away. And then the team that acquires him is gonna have to take the PR hit and mm -hmm. walk through it and you know try to sell it to people that hey, this is why we did it. But the uh, moral bar for NBA teams, especially if they think the guy can help them win a title, it's not very high. Like you like could step over it or you could probably, uh, you know, uh, slide a you know piece of paper underneath it and have no issues. Like it's just going to be right there on the ground. So. Yeah, so what do you, I mean, I can't even imagine what his trade value would be, but if you're the Hornets and you already know that this is it, it's this year and that's it for, for you and him and your team's not playing very well. So you're not worried about, do we lose him? And then we don't win as many games and all that kind of stuff. I'm curious to see what, what his trade value would actually be. Cause I would have to imagine the Hornets would be a, a fairly motivated seller in this situation. Yeah. I think there's two challenges. One, he is supposedly super close with LaMelo ball. Like they are apparently yeah. very tight. So, you, so that it will be a factor in things here. And we've kind of LaMelo ball hasn't been like super like supported. Like he was tweeting every day, like, you know, free miles bridges or anything like that. But you, when, when he came back as the team leader, he was like, Hey, he's back and we're going to welcome him back and try to get him going again. So there's definitely some stuff going on there. So you kind of get that situation going on. But I think the uh, the if you're the Hornets, if if you know he's leaving, give me anything of value. So give me mm -hmm. a single first round pick, even if it's a late one. Give me a young guy who can kind of play. Give, give me that. Let's move on and let's go from there. Because you're yeah, you're not returning a major you know, great value uh, for, for Miles Bridges. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that you might as well uh, move on from him. I think Charlotte is looking at another lost season here. I think Gordon Hayward needs to be moved for whatever they can get, move Miles Bridges for whatever you can get, especially if you're looking at major changes at the organizational level this coming summer. Why not? Whoever you're going to bring in, give them as many tools to work with as possible and move forward from there. Yeah, without do. a doubt. Yep. Hey, uh, wanted to just mention this. Mm -hmm. Um, we talked about the Mavs sale a couple days ago. Yeah, the Indiana Pacers uh, are selling a chunk of the team, fifteen percent more 
uh, to, I believe it's Steven Rails is, is his name. He's a technology guy, um, but he already owned 5%. He's going to go up to now owning 20%. Also reportedly maybe has right of first refusal if the Simon family ever wants to sell. But the bigger part, he's buying that 15% of the team at a $3.5 billion valuation. Mm -hmm. So here we are, a second team. Now, Dallas, we all think probably would have gone for slightly more had there not been the conditions of Cuban still retains control of basketball operations. There's now been additional reporting. He'll, he has that for however long he wants it. Um, and we'll see what that means and what that looks like, obviously. But there is uh with, with this uh, Pacers, that's two teams now, 3.5 billion. I think we're settling into a range where teams are going to be somewhere between 3.5 and four for most. The mm -hmm. higher end teams, if they ever wanted to sell them, they're we're probably talking five, six, seven in that range. But I think what we're also going to see is this starts kind of setting the bar for what the expansion fees could be. Oh, and the expansion point. fees, you can basically tack on about a billion dollars because that's how the teams will make more money off allowing them in. And why you tack that on is hey, we have to now split everything 32 ways instead of 30 ways. So you got to pay us to do that beyond just coming in at your, your base amount. So it's going to be, well, we'll see. I, I just think it's going to be somewhere in the four and a half, five billion range as each of these teams uh, gets added to the league when, when that happens. Do you happen to know off the top of your head what the what the last expansion team went for? I do. I can tell you, it was um, it was the Bobcats, and I think it was about right. two, two billion. Um, I think I, I I think I had that in in my 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 piece. If not, I'll I can find it and look. I more wrote about like the timeline and like what mm -hmm. happened with with that. So um, we'll see. Uh, did I write about it? I I didn't, but I think it was right around one or two, um, with that. So. All right. Well, so that is a pretty big increase then in the value of teams yeah. over, uh, yeah, over that span. I, I mean, mean we uh, knew it was going to be a big increase, but still, that's yeah. you know, the, things are good in the NBA. Mark Cuban bought the Mavs for two hundred eighty-five million. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, Herb Simon, when he bought the Pacers, now this was in nineteen eighty-three. You know what? What he paid for him? Like three million or something. Eleven million. Eleven, 11 okay. million. And now three and a half billion dollars is what they're. They're worth like that's just like that's crazy, right? Like it's yeah. uh, you know, like that's just you know, absolutely nuts. So it's um, and that and that's yeah. why it's uh, a family would want to just invest in the Mavs, right? Just it's a it's an investment that's worked out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's gonna be right. This is gonna be where these things kind of kind of land out, right? Where we're gonna see a lot of this stuff uh, kind of come in, and it was um, you know, it, it, it's it, we're, we're the league is healthy. The league just released. Today, they had their highest in-arena attendance um, mm. ever in the month of November on average attendance. It was the highest it's ever been, um, which is really good. The TV deal is going to make you know billions upon billions of dollars you know, for, for the league. Hey, I think the NBA had to go absolutely bonkers when they just saw NASCAR sold their rights for like $7 billion. So I think it's like, oh baby, like let's go. Like we're 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 certainly making a lot more than than that. So yeah, it's gonna be you know absolutely crazy. And the league's as healthy as it's ever been. So yeah, these that's why they're gonna get get this kind of money for the for these teams. Yep. TV deal's gonna get done and then expansion. 
Yep. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. Anybody who thinks it's not coming is, is, you know, it, it's just wrong. <laughs> like, like, like it, it is definitely going to be, be here. You know, I, I wrote about it. Um, we've, we're running a series on spot track where I'm writing about a bunch of expansion topics. Um, and the first one I wrote on kind of, what's the timeline? Like, what could it realistically look like? And then what is the process when the league says we're going to expand? How does the process work from there? And a little bit of history in there with the last couple of rounds of expansion. So the Bobcats, the Raptors, Grizzlies. And then if we go back to the late 80s when the um, Heat and Hornets and then the Timberwolves and Magic came in, they they split them. The Heat Hornets came in the first uh, mm-hmm. first year and then a year later magic and timberwolves came in but yeah we we we're, we're gonna be in um you know kind of a golden age of expansion coming here for sure all right keith let's finish with some scheduled nonsense here let's do it uh so i am i'm, I'm happy to say i'm now three episodes into loki i am making all some right. progress there right. um so i'm getting there oh hey along. let me say something real quick just huh. to close the loop on this before we get into our nonsense, yeah, yeah. 300 million was all the Bobcats paid. So, so, yeah, so definitely going way, way up. Well, it's gone <laughs> so way that's up. My, that's my bad on that. I thought it was like two, but I was way, <laughs> could not have been more off. Wow. Was off by like a multiple of 10. So, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Well, all good, right. good correction right. there. Let's go, Loki. Let's hear so, it. So, Loki, so I'm three episodes in. I'm digging, I'm digging that so far, so good. There's got some twists, some turns, and things of that nature. That's been pretty cool. Um, didn't like all those people getting squished in the <laughs> transparent box. That, that, that was a little was, rough. Yeah, that was a little rough. Uh, but otherwise, uh, so far, so good. Uh, I'm having nightmares about a creepy clock following me. But um, but otherwise, you know, I'll I'll uh, I'll keep watching here, and I'm hoping to get through it uh, soon. Maybe in the next week or two, I'll get through the the entire series. But what I wanted to ask you though was. Christmas movies. Now that we are officially into December, what are, what are your, let's say, top three Christmas movies? Christmas Vacation is yes. definitely my top one. Uh-huh. Home Alone, the original one. Mm-hmm. And then probably uh, Christmas Story still. Like, I, I still like that one with Ralphie. Okay, so I'm I'm, and that is the the classic. I wonder. Remember years ago they did that thing. I think I want to say it was TNT where like they just aired that movie for twenty four yeah, hours straight. Twenty four hours. Yeah, yeah. TBS. Oh, it was TBS. That's what it was. Um, but I'm gonna agree with you on the first two. For number three, though, the Christmas Story is good, but I'm gonna go with I'm gonna say Elf. That's the one that I wind up having to watch every year at Christmas time. Actually, I have already watched it. It's not. It was today's the first day of December. I've already watched it. Um, I've watched that so far. I've watched Home Alone, The Santa Claus, and Christmas Vacation over wow. the last like two weeks. We've watched a few. My daughter's been you know big into Christmas stuff and everything. So, so yeah, I've watched a few of them. But uh, I've got Elf up there. I think it's just an absolute classic. And I got to yeah, commend Elf's- Will Ferrell for turning down doing a sequel despite all the money being thrown at him because sometimes you can ruin it when you when you do a sequel especially if the script isn't right so kudos to him for for saying nope i'm gonna leave it at what it is and uh this is a a holiday classic all right so i have three thoughts on, on this so my first thought is um there is if you're into the santa claus i think disney plus has the santa clauses yes which is like a tv show like Mm -hmm. version of of that so there's that now on elf uh first is 
I, I know Rex Chapman retweeted this. It went around when it was being shown because they, they did it. So you're absolutely right. It was on TV. They did a 24 hours of Elf. Like I think it was on mm. either Thanksgiving or Black Friday or leading into it. That was on one of the Turner channels. But it was a um, it was a when they came in there, uh, the Elf um, uh, original cut had them playing a um, hockey game at the North pole and he's just hammering and checking little elves all over the, the ice. So go does this footage exist somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. Rex Chapman the, retweeted it. Oh, there's footage. Um, okay. Tweet. I need oh, to go yeah, find yeah, this. You, can, you, you can go read it. Yeah. It is really, really funny um, to, to, to see that. So yeah, it, it's uh it, it's really, really, really funny stuff. Um, Wait, is that. this the, My is this, they thing, actually filmed oh, it or this was just in the Yo, script? Yeah. No, this they was filmed. filmed. It. There's, okay. Yeah, it's like a deleted scene where you can see them playing hockey. And, and it's just Will Ferrell wiping out elves all over the the the, the ice. It's like <laughs> it's the the the, uh, the dodgeball scene in Billy Madison. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's like carnage like that. Um, so yeah, so it's pretty funny. So check okay. check that out when you have a chance. Um, and I'm sure if you just Google like elf deleted scene hockey. It'd probably pop right. Up. I will. I will definitely um, have to find that. My third thing related to Elf. I don't know if they're still there, but Krispy Kreme Donuts was running an Elf series of donuts, and mm. we happened to be out uh, last weekend, and we were near. We needed something to eat in the morning, and we were like, "Oh, we should probably just grab some Krispy Kremes." And we went in, and one of the donuts was Buddy's Breakfast, <laughs> and it was. Oh no. A, it was a glazed glazed donut. Spaghetti? It was like the base. It wasn't spaghetti, but what they did was they took um uh, like buttercream and put it on top, look, made it look like spaghetti, and then dumped a bunch of M M&M and M pieces on top of it, okay. and then and then put maple glaze on top of that for the maple syrup. Oh. So it was it did like one was like well there there's now all the good work I've been doing losing weight I ate this <laughs> I'm now off track but it was it was worth it it was pretty good and then there was a, a Santa one or something and another uh, one I don't know I didn't eat all of them but the the buddy's breakfast one was pretty funny I thought it was it was really interesting the way they used like forced perspective in order to to create the height differences with yep. with the elves and everything in that movie. That was really cool. Netflix has a cool behind the scenes type um, docu series on that. I think it's like the movies we grew up on or something, and they've got Elf as one like of them. That, yeah. Very very cool. Um, all right, less a lot of people are saying Die Hard. Yes, but like I was thinking movies I watched with my daughter. Uh, yeah. die, die hard i'll watch by i'll my wife won't even want to watch it i'll watch it by myself one night i'll watch die hard the hawkeye tv shows getting some love which sure. yeah there was christmas time in that it movie was christmas time in yeah, that, yeah that was a good one for sure that was is a good james con really dead he is I, yeah is he i didn't yep. know that yeah huh. i i i really didn't know that i oh yeah died last year yeah huh. yep that, that happened unfortunately Unfortunately. Man, yeah, it's you get do you get some of those sometimes like you'll see something like a lot of times I see like something like tweet like trending on Twitter and then I'll be like, oh, what's going on? And then I look and a lot of times it's like, oh, yeah, it's just their birthday. And yeah. then like people people share the, the bunch of the things with um stuff. Am I old enough to remember the NCAA title game between Magic and Bird? No, I, I was born, but I'm not old enough to remember that. Yeah, my first 
like real basketball memories is the is um the 1984 NBA Finals with the uh, like I was six and it was um I wanted to say it was uh um it was Celtics and uh and um Rockets right that year am I right yeah Celtics yeah. Rockets I think right I, I so that's my first real memory I don't I, remember Bird and Magic no I remember doing Kareem Skyhook on a little mini hoop. In sure. my in my living oh, yeah. room, uh, my first game, uh, I think I want to say it was '87, and the Sixers superstar Charles Barkley got kicked out of the game for throwing an elbow, <laughs> and and that was that was uh, my first basketball game experience that I that I can kind of sort of remember, you know, um, yeah, that was obviously quite a while ago, quite a while ago. Yeah, 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 um, without a doubt. Yeah, I um, I yeah, I. The first, I the first game I remember was a game from that season. We went. My uncle had season tickets, and I went with, with my uncle to one of the games. They oh, had, nice! They had three season tickets, and it was my my uncle, the guy I had the tickets with, and the guy didn't bring his wife, so my uncle brought me. And like that was my first time seeing like Larry Bird play in person, and like I was already hooked. Like it was like it's any kid who grew up in the eighties on the East Coast, like for the most part, I think was a bird kid. And then if you were on the West coast, you were a magic kid. And like, that was just kind of how it worked out. And, and you went from there. So, you know, and then late eighties, then you had MJ and everything else mix in, but yeah, yeah. That, that's the first one I ever remember going to as a, as a kid. And then went to a million games after that. I went to a lot, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of bad, basketball from the Celtics unfortunately uh, for, for a while after there. the post bird era it was a it was pretty rough I was in the last game in the Boston Garden uh they lost the game game uh to to the Orlando Magic a playoff mm-hmm. game uh Shaq's uh first playoff series win I uh, was that year the, the Celtics were led by none other than Sherman Douglas uh during wow. that series he was uh he was tearing it up for them and that was uh yeah they were the eight seed and the Magic were the one seed and the Celtics actually won game one of that series and it was like everybody like even back then the overreactions flew wild and it was like oh, the young magic aren't ready to win like they're, they're just not ready and then they ended up making the finals that year so and there they are yeah you just never know um all right we do have a super chat here to, to finish off the show with um let's see we've got this one says pops not booing is courting Kawhi because he has a player option <laughs> yeah. and he's unrestricted free agent can be paired with one Binyama. I don't think that's what's actually happening there. Like, I can't imagine Kawhi going back to San Antonio at nope. this point. Yeah, I, I I think Kawhi is done with that phase of his career. He never say never. I mean, anything can happen. But, yeah, Pop talked about it. After, he talked about it immediately after. They talked about it after that. And he's like, I just, I didn't like it. He's like, he, I didn't think it was the right thing to do. He's like, it's, you know, he meant a lot to us and helped us win a championship. But he just didn't think it was right. So, yeah. You know, and for what his part, I thought Kawhi's answer was like, I don't know, I didn't even really hear it. <laughs> That's you know, I mean, I don't I don't think anything really bothers him. So yeah. I'm sure I'm sure Kawhi's response was very animated. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, he was yelling and screaming, he got super loud about it. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we uh why don't we head off to the weekend on, on that? And uh we'll hopefully everybody enjoys it. Thank you guys for jo- who, who uh, joined us live. Make sure that you are a subscriber to the channel. Don't forget to turn on those notifications, like this video. And uh, yeah, make sure you go follow us over on the podcast side too, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Have a fantastic weekend, everybody. See ya and stay safe.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.